In a world that can be challenging, and at times unpredictable, it's hard to find moments to focus on what you need. Join Stephanie James on The Spark as she guides you to use your inner flame to ignite your best life. As a best-selling author, psychotherapist, transformational life coach, and international show host, Stephanie is dedicated to helping you create a life that takes you, your goals, and your passions to the next level, so you can live a life that is fully lit up and fully alive. She believes that your life is meant to be a beautiful expression of the things that light you up, that by living your dreams, you give permission to others to do the same. Are you ready to feel alive and inspired to fuel your dreams and put a fire behind your desires? Let's ignite a spark in one another that will illuminate the world. The Spark with your host, Stephanie James, starts now. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. Thank you so much for joining us for this special episode. I am absolutely thrilled because someone truly, this is someone that I admired and watched in my, I don't want to say youth because I don't think we're that different in age, but someone that I (laughs) definitely um, thought of as a hero. And that is Carl Mecklenburg. Carl I am so thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for being on the Spark. Oh, my pleasure. It was it was great to meet you at NSA and and get to know you a little bit. Uh, and and I'm excited for the interview. Well, and for those people that don't know who Carl is, Carl was a formal former football linebacker for the Denver Broncos, and I I believe you had six Pro Bowls and three Super Bowls. Yes. My goodness. And considered the NFL's most versatile player, I have to say I looked up your stats that you had 1,118 tackles. I am amazed that you're in such great <laughs> shape. <laughs> but it's been such a joy. It was such a joy to meet you too at NSA and, and such a treat to meet you and your wife in Denver. Um, just, just it's it's like like a little kid meeting their favorite rock star for me. <laughs> so well, That's nice. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, you know, the, the thing that's so neat is that you have this continued career where you are inspiring people, not only on the football field, but now as a professional speaker. Yeah. My, my story is a little different than a lot of guys in the NFL. I was not the best player on any of the teams I, I was on growing up. I was just one of the guys, but I loved the game and I worked hard at it and uh, figured out a way to to make it work for me uh, and, and and ended up uh, finally getting sent home at age 34. <laughs> so eventually you you run out of gas, but it it took me a long time. Well that what an extended play. What were the years that you were on the Broncos? I was there from 1983 uh, through 1994, so 12 years, all with the Broncos. Um, and you know what that means, Stephanie. If you, if you played for 12 years for one team, that it means you were underpaid. <laughs> that's what that, that's what that means. I love that. <laughs> yes. Well, thank God you agreed to be underpaid and stayed with, <laughs> with us. You know, being, um, you know, I grew up in Colorado, so the Broncos were always near and dear to my heart. And so I'm, I'm glad that you had your entire 12 year career there underpaid or not. Truthfully, I think, I think it means a lot of other things. If a a team keeps you uh, it's because you've made yourself indispensable. 
you you've done whatever the team asks you to do. You put the team first in your decision making. You you uh, I mean, like you said, I played all seven defensive front positions. That wasn't my idea. <laughs> I never I, I did had no idea I could do that. Um, but the coaches asked me to do it and and so I did it. And and that that to me, um, that team first attitude is what allowed me to stay in Denver uh, and not end up moving on. Yeah. Well, and you you just talked about something really important, and that's that versatility and the ability to be flexible and move into all these other positions. Like you said, you know, you didn't know you were going to play all of them. How sure. did that happen, and how does that influence your life still? That that you know, versatility. Yeah, that that to me, uh, having the courage to try new things is really a, a vital um, piece of anybody's uh, ability to be successful. Um, success, uh, progress is always change, right? Change isn't always progress, but progress is always change. Uh, and if you're resistant to change and we all are, if you're resistant to change, um, it's going to make it real difficult to, to move forward in your life. So, so that, that, um, understanding, I think really helped me that, that if I want to get better, if I want to move forward, change is going to be involved. So, so embrace change. Uh, and, and I guess that, that allowed me to have the opportunities that I had and the opportunities that I had led to, uh, led to, uh, you know, the coaches moving me around and putting me where they thought the ball was going to go. And as a defensive player, there's no place I'd rather be than where the ball is going to go. No doubt. Well, and no longer, no, I mean, no doubt why they kept you so long to be able to have that versatility. Versab- I can't even speak. I'm going to do take two <laughs> <laughs> to have that versatility, you know, just amazing. So talk yeah. about life lessons in the NFL and yeah. these six keys to success. Cause I do know you talk about that. I certainly talk about that, Stephanie. I talk about teamwork with leadership being the ultimate expression of teamwork, uh, courage, the courage to try new things, the courage to be decisive, Dedication, which I describe as hard work, constant learning, refusing to quit. Desire, that's the dream, the passion, the mission. Uh, Honesty and forgiveness with yourself and self-evaluation with others. And finally, goal setting, reasonable, short-term, specific steps to get you to those desires, those passions, those missions. So that's that's been... uh, really the basis of my, my speaking business for a long time. Everything's uh, story based. Um, and then between the stories, I target the, the lessons of those stories to your industry, your challenges um, and, and your, and your successes within that industry. So it's a, it's a shoot. I've been doing 40 keynotes a year for 17 years, uh, traveling the country and joining it actually, uh, like I said earlier, had a good day today. Had a, had a few contracts written up, so that's a good thing. Um, Life and, is and, good, and, and love it. It's a, the the um, the business is so similar to football, which I don't think people understand or would would think of from the outside. But basically, you you prepare for your next client or opponent, uh, depending on what their needs are, what their challenges are. Uh, you perform for a high level uh, at a high level for a short period of time. And then you evaluate what went on and you repeat what went well and you fix what went wrong and off you go to the next one. <laughs> it's just, it's football, but I haven't been hurt yet. So that's a good part of it. <laughs> that's so great. Well, and you, when I spoke with you last in Denver, you had just gotten back from Kauai. 
Yes, that was a nice one. Yeah. Uh, National Electrical Contractors Association is a group that uh, she hired me for four uh, regional conferences. And uh, the last one was there in, in Kauai. What a, what a beautiful venue that was. It was, it was nice. Oh, it's so great. I don't always end up in Kauai. I've, I've been a lot of places, <laughs> you know, uh, Vermilion, South Dakota comes to mind, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. A lot of different, a lot of different types of places. And, 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 you know, there's, there's good things about all of them, but uh, Kauai is hard to beat. <laughs> no doubt. Well, Carl, tell us about, let, let's go a little bit deeper into some of these keys for success, because I am really curious you know, when, when you talk about obviously being on the Broncos, there's this thing of teamwork and that it's, it's the whole that becomes more important. Right. How do you take that concept and talk about that when you're meeting with someone and they're talking about a business? Yeah. Well, the same, same thing is true in business. Same thing is true in family. Same thing is true in community. And I think people can understand what a team is. They know what it is. They, if they watch a game on television, they can easily say this, this team is playing like a, a team and these guys are a bunch of guys out there and you can, you can see what it looks like and you know what it is, but you don't apply it to yourself. You don't apply it to your business. You don't apply it to your family. You don't apply it to your community. And, and my job is to remind you that, yeah, you're a teammate, your, your, your family, uh, you know, your community, your business operates best as a team. Uh, a group of individuals, a group of, of great athletes um, can be unsuccessful. Uh, we've seen it um, and, and you see it every year. Great teams that are great individuals on what should be a team <laughs> doesn't yeah. don't play as a team and, and, and they don't win. Um, it was it's been quite a few years, uh, but the first time the uh, United States lost to uh lost in the, in the Olympics. Um, and it was the best players in the NBA playing in the Olympics, but, you know, each of them lived in, you know, had their own apartment or did, you know, just kind of never really played to get, didn't, didn't, didn't worry about the team concept. And they ended up losing to Puerto Rico in, in, in the Olympics and Puerto Rico's part of the United States. How can it, I mean, it didn't make any sense, but what, but it did make sense from a team standpoint, Puerto Rico played as a team, the United States didn't. And you see it over and over and over again. So I, I think it's interesting when you're talking about teamwork, then there, there's a part of us that then we have to let go of our ego. Yeah, that, that's definitely a part of it. Uh, I, I played with uh, I played with a guy named Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak was oh, drafted yeah. in 1983, the same year I was drafted. Um, he was our seventh round pick. I was the 12th round pick. Uh, we were, we were, uh, in, uh, down, down by the, the mousetrap practicing all summer long back then they didn't have limits on, on how much you practiced. So we were, we were down there running drills and doing stuff. And Gary was the first string quarterback and Gary was expected to be the guy to take over and, and be the Broncos quarterback long-term. Um, and then they traded for John Elway. And Gary wasn't going to play. And there was no free agency back then. The Broncos owned Gary's right. And he writes, and he was a good backup quarterback and they kept him. And instead of being upset about that and, and, and uh, kind of bucking the system and, and, and being the, the player that was disgruntled and, and, and got traded, Gary accepted his role uh, and really thrived in his role. He, uh, he, uh, 
ran the the scout offense, which is the practice offense against our defense, um, and and did a great job of that. He studied the other team's quarterback and the other team's quarterback's tendencies, what he did against certain defenses, how he threw the ball, where he released the ball, all these things. And then he also studied the offense. So when John got hurt, Gary could come in and play. Uh, so he had us ready every, every single week and allowed us to be a great defense. Um, he had some traditions with players. For me, he'd always come up before the game and say, Mech, hold up the class. And I thought about what that meant. And obviously, we were drafted the same year. That was part of it. But, but another part of it was, Carl, I've done everything I could all week to get you ready. You're ready now. Hold up the class. Go do your job. And, and uh, he's still leading from the sidelines. Uh, he's a, he's an, a, a consultant for the Minnesota Vikings, but he was a head coach for the Broncos uh, last time they won a Super Bowl. Uh, he's a, he's a, a great football mind, and, and he learned that from being on the sidelines. Uh, it's, it's much much easier to see the big picture from the sidelines than it is from, from the field. And, and a lot of the guys that are great co- coaches through the years have been guys that were backup players. Now, Gary was a stud. I mean, Gary was an unbelievable athlete. He was an eight-time All-State high school athlete in Texas. That gives you any indication of what kind of athlete he was. He was All-State as a basketball player twice, as a football player twice, as a baseball player twice, as an, a track runner twice. Um, and, and still, he was willing to take a back seat and do what was best for the team. Wow. Such a powerful example. And, and I love that it's like when you do that, then you have this different perspective. When we get our egos out of the way, then we can really see how maybe we can serve the whole instead of just ourselves. Right. Yeah, no, no question. So I'm curious, too. I imagine there were times that were difficult for you or challenges that you had to overcome maybe not just even with the Broncos, but through your life, what did you find helped you find perseverance and grit? What were those things? Yeah. You know um, I think the main thing for me was knowing uh, what my desire, my passion, my mission was Um, for me. I want to be the greatest football player that ever played the game. That was when I made decisions they were pointing in that direction. Am I going to, am I going to go out and party or am I going to study? Am I going to go to the weight room or am I going to uh, skip it today? It's I'm, I'm kind of sore. Uh, those, those decisions over and over and over again, consistently pointing towards where I want to get to allowed me, I think, to be, to be as successful as I was. And it wasn't easy. Uh, I've had 18 football related surgeries. I, 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 um, I, I was, uh, a JV player as a junior in high school. I didn't even make the varsity team. I was not an eight-time All-State, whatever. That, I was a one-time All-State <laughs> player as a senior at at, at the or at uh, at Edina West High School, and uh, was overlooked by the Division One colleges. Got a one-third scholarship to a Division Two school, which they took away after a couple of years. So I left there and I walked on at the University of Minnesota, tried out, earned a scholarship. They tried to take the scholarship away because I hurt my knee. Um, you know, over and over, I was the 310th pick of the draft. That's 20 guys away from Mr. Irrelevant. That's the last guy I picked in the draft. Right. So no, nobody expected me to get to where I got except for myself. And, and that, that was fueled by 
that decision-making based on my desires, my passions, my mission. This, this is what's important to me. If that's, what's important to me, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to move towards it. I'm going to make those, take the right steps at the right time and, and get better and better and better. And, and ultimately it, it got me to the pro bowl and, and in the NFL. So huge. You know, I, I think about that. It's those little bitty habits of decision that I'm hearing that you made over right. and over and over that were in alignment with what was truly important to you, what was your passion, which was, you know, the, the true vision you were holding for yourself. Yeah, Stephanie, I have dyslexia. Um, dyslexia means you don't know your left from your right. You have trouble reading some stuff like that. I think that's what it like. It's like for people who don't have that desire, that passion, that mission uh, formulated in their minds that this, this is where I'm, what's important to me. And this is where I'm going. Now I'm, I'm going to be 62 years old in a couple of weeks. I, I'm not playing football anymore. I'm not Tom Brady. <laughs> a, <laughs> I love that. So I have other desires, other passions, other missions as a, as a husband and a father, I want to give unconditional, uncompromising love to my family. As a Christian, I want everything I say and do to reflect God's love. Uh, as a speaker and an author, I want to inspire long-term positive change. That's who I am. That's who I've decided I'm going to be. And because I know these things, I make decisions headed in that direction. Uh, and 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 I don't know how you operate without it. It's like having dyslexia. It's like, like being me driving around before GPS, right? I got no idea where I am. <laughs> you can work super, super hard to get to where you want to be, but you can't get there if you don't know where it is, right? You're not going to just stumble your way into success. You've got to have that vision and then pursue it in my mind. Absolutely. No, I, I agree because I think it's as we can visualize that. I always say, if we're ambiguous about what we want, we're going to get ambiguous results. Certainly. Yeah. So it's, it's like having that clear vision. And then I love what you were saying about truly aligning yourself with those kind of decisions. So instead of partying, you're like, no, nah, I got to hit the weight room. You know, even though that might sound really great to go party. Right. right. After the weight room, maybe. But, yeah, but, I'm but only if you know first. you don't have a game or a test or whatever coming up. <laughs> right. We don't have to exclude it, but we'll we'll make some priorities. That's right. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit too about something else that you do, which is this peak performance. When you're speaking of peak performance excuse me, peak performance and success is overcoming obstacles because it sounds like that's what you've done. I mean, you've overcome, you know, how do I deal with my dyslexia? How do I deal with not being the first draft choice? How do I get in there and really have a vision and align with it? Yeah. Um, it's in, in my mind anyway, um, Dedication is hard work, constant learning, and refusing to quit. That's um, that. That was my story coming through. I saw it over and over and over with uh, people coming to the NFL, and and having had the experience of overcoming um, allows you to see that overcoming is a possibility. I I, I see it in the NFL all the time. I mean, there are so many uh, people from real difficult backgrounds in the NFL. But when they get to the NFL, it's it, it's such a difficult um, challenge to 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 break through and to become one of the top players and to do the things you have to do to even even make a team. Uh, if you don't have that in you that you're going to overcome, uh, you're not going to make it. You're not the best player on that team. I don't care who you are. You get there as a rookie. You're not the best player on that team. 
Um, and, and a lot of the guys, when they get there, have always been the best player on every team they've been on. And 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 all of a sudden, that resilience, that that toughness, has to has to come to, come to light. And that 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 willingness to to say, okay, I've been here before. Uh, whether it's a personal thing, you know, whether you grew up in a tough situation, a lot of these guys did. They've overcome and overcome and overcome to to even have a chance to get to the NFL. Um, if if you don't have that in your background, if you don't have that in your pedigree, you're just not going to make it in the NFL. So uh, so for me, that that really was the key. Is is I have overcome and overcome and overcome in football, and that allowed me to overcome once I once I got to this point. Um, and and it also has helped me. Um, overcome in the speaking world because it's not an easy world either uh there's there's everybody would love to do what i do uh and 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 i get the chance to do it and it's it's a blast and i can make a difference in people's lives but it doesn't come without a cost Uh, i'm i spent the whole day uh sending emails and making phone calls and chasing my own tail and that that's just part of the deal yeah. I'm curious for you. When did you start doing this? Have you said 17 years ago? 17 years it's been. Yeah. Wow. I only played football for 12. So <laughs> I passed that up a long time ago. And, and, and I'm, and I'm constantly learning. Uh, you saw me at national speakers association that, that the reason I'm there is for continuing education. Uh, I, I, I know I don't know everything. Um, and, and I think when you, when you, plateau uh when when you reach a point where you're not going to get any better it's it's right then it's when when you forget and when you forget the the fact that you need to learn you need to continue to grow and it's amazing to me to see the the veteran speakers that were old speakers when i was a young speaker still there still still learning still uh contributing and that's it's a huge thing that national speakers association has been such a big part of my um of my advancement, uh, and, and my growth as a, as a speaker and, and as a business person. And, and, um, that's, that's something that, uh, that I want to give back. So new, newbies like you, I'm going to say, all right, <laughs> let's, let's do this. <laughs> well, and that was, what was such a joy as you just said, being brand new to the association and going there and finding that these people that have been speaking forever, there wasn't this haughty, better than attitude. It was actually quite opposite. It's like, oh, let me give you what I've learned. Let me help you in whatever ways I can in these ways that I've found to become better at my craft. Yeah, they call it the the spirit of Cavett. Cavett Robert is the guy who who started the National Speakers Association. And and his whole deal was let's make a bigger pie and then we can each have a better, bigger piece, right? Everybody can pass out more pieces. And that's the whole idea is we're, we're, we're trying to make a bigger pie. And, and, and to do that, um, the, the ethics, the, uh, the techniques, the, um, the, the business uh, strategies of, of speaking are different than, than they are in a, in a lot of other businesses. And, you, and you've got to, you, you got to understand what those are to, to move the whole, um, make the pie bigger. Uh, you know, we, we want, we want, uh, we all want to, to, for people to understand that, uh, professional speakers are different than, uh, industry speakers or politicians or, you know, uh, most star athletes. There's a few of us that are, <laughs> that have bought into this, the speaker side of things. Well, what, to, what do you, to you is a defining 
piece of that, of being a professional speaker? What defines that for you? I think ultimately it's putting the audience first. And to put the audience first, you have to know who the audience is. You have to spend some time with them. You have to, you have to adjust what you say to, to what they need to hear. Um, and, and I, uh, I unfortunately have, have heard way too many times of, of great athletes and Olympic athletes and Super Bowl champions and all these guys that, uh, have uh, somebody write up a speech for him and it's 43 minutes and it's word for word and it might as well be a video um, instead of it's, it's about them. And instead of being about the audience and what the audience needs and, and, and how you can serve the audience. So, so to me, that's the difference is, is a great, great speakers understand their audiences and, and, and touch them where they need to be touched. Well, and that's so powerful. It, you can share your story and it's a story that applies to the people that you are having in your audience. No, it's of course. That's going to help move them. And I think I, I've been to those speeches where it's all about the person Yeah, and, and you find yourself looking in your lap, checking your phone, you know, and, and I know the professional speakers, the ones even that we had at NSA in Nashville, I mean, they were so engaging. You are just, caught by what they're saying and you're walking away feeling like wow a part of me has come alive or been changed or i had an aha moment or i've been touched emotionally yeah. my heart is more open yeah yeah no doubt um i was particularly touched by the nasa guy and he's not even a professional speaker but his story was so compelling and the way he um turned it around so it was about us <laughs> really warm in this room. Okay. So take two. We will be back right after this with Carl Mecklenburg. So thrilled to have him here on the show. This is Stephanie James. I'm excited to bring to you my new film, When Sparks Ignite, available on the More You channel on Plex Network. It's about the difficult times and the challenges that we face and how they can actually become the match points that ignite something within us that becomes our gift to the world. And pick up a copy of my new book, Becoming Fierce, Creating a Bold and Beautiful Life, available at bookstores everywhere. To find a trailer for the film and more information out about the book, go to stephaniejames.world. Ignite your best life. Welcome back to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. And again, I just want to thank you for your wonderful letters. I've been receiving just wonderful emails about my new film, which is out on Plex Network on the More You channel, When Sparks Ignite. And it really is a documentary film about the challenges and difficulties we face that then become the match point that ignites something within us that becomes our gift to the world. So join me and 11 other international thought leaders and change makers as we teach you how to ignite the sparks within yourself and how much your healing matters. So I'm back here with legend Carl Mecklenburg. So happy to have you here on the show, Carl. Thank you for joining me. Uh, my pleasure, Stephanie. This has been fun so far. 
this is you're gonna hit me with the hard stuff i can tell okay now we're gonna get into the deep stuff (laughs) yeah get ready so actually what i wanted to start with is we had talked a little bit before we got on the air about training camp because training camp just ended with the broncos and talk a little bit about that and some of your insights and thoughts around that yeah, Stephanie, when I went to training camp the first time, it was in Greeley, Colorado. I spent over a year of my life in Greeley, Colorado. I still get the willies when I drive past Greeley, Colorado. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm sorry that <laughs> that was your experience. Having, having to go through what I went through there. But um, 110 guys are brought to training camp. Um, now it's 90, but the, the stress is the same. I mean, the uh, uh, the scouts have vetted everybody who's at training camp they know athletically they could play for the broncos um they 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 found the guys that they wanted to get to camp and they're there and um over you know half of them go home there's 50 guys on a football team you're not i mean 110 when i was playing 90 now i guess it's not not a half now but the vast majority of them end up getting sent home and it's not because of their athletic ability more often than not it's because of their level of desire, their passion, their mission. Like I said earlier, my desire, my passion, my mission was I'm going to be the greatest football player that ever played the game. That's what I thought about. And I saw unbelievable athletes come to training camp over and over and over again. And their level of desire, their level of passion was I want to get invited to an NFL training camp. And they got invited and then they got sent home. They didn't make the decisions they had to make to, 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 to make that jump and make the team and have the opportunity to show what they're capable of. And, and uh, I, I think that um, that's, that's the amazing thing to me. You see guys that no one expected to be successful being unbelievably successful. Rod Smith comes to mind. Rod Smith was on the, uh, on the scout team uh, on the uh, practice squad when I was a, uh, uh, in my last year with the Broncos, he, he was an undrafted player uh, and he came in and now he's on the Broncos ring of fame. And people talk about him as being a, a hall of fame guy and a guy that was a, a linchpin for uh, Super Bowl victories and, and, and many, 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 many records and uh, unbelievable player. But it, it, it happened because of, of his passion his his mission not not because he was uh you know chosen in any way other than by himself and and that that to me was uh is is kind of the lesson of training camp um you you everybody has an opportunity you you put the pads on the same way you 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 go out on the field you run the the, you know you you sit in, in in your hotel room and you study and you get ready and and all these opportunities are there for you if you can just uh make it through that and 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 i uh like i said i saw hundreds and hundreds of guys in 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 uh, 12 years uh come and go who probably were capable probably had more athletic talent than i did uh but that's a different thing than and being a, a productive football player and isn't that true in life? I, I see how you, you bridge this because it truly is. Life is our training camp. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. so to really show up and not be someone who's going to be asked to go home, which means in some ways, like we're, we're not participating in the development of our own life. We're just the bystanders. So to really have that vision and drive and purpose so that we can become the best that we can be and show up the best we can in our own lives. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, and like I said, um, we're all parts of teams. We're, we're all, uh, you know, 
whether we uh, believe it or not, we're in control of our own lives uh, to a certain extent. Um, I, 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 I always say control what you can control. When, when COVID came, I thought, oh, no, this, I, I've never been in this situation like this before. Um, my business, obviously, as a speaker at meetings, was <laughs> really not not doing what it should have done. But but I thought about it, and and there, and I have been there before. Uh, I, I've been uh, I've been injured. I've I've had surgery. I've been sitting in the in the training room while the other guys are out working out, and I had to figure out what I could do to help the team from that position. Uh, I, I, I could lead from that position. I mean, in the NFL, there's, uh, there's all kinds of clicks. Uh, the old guys hang out with the old guys. The offense hangs out with the offense. The black guys hang out with the black guys. The white guys hang out with the white guys, uh, divide it up however you want. Um, and, and I on purpose crossed those lines. I start, I started hanging out with people who weren't like me. I, I hung out with offensive guys. I hung out with and then when I was back on the field again, as a captain, I had those relationships and I could take advantage of those relationships uh, and, and make the team move forward. So uh, I was, I was the best uh, uh, recovery guy that I could possibly be as far as rehab goes. And, and, and then I, on top of that, I, I really made an effort to, to get to know my teammates better. And, and, and to me, there's always a possibility to move forward in whatever situation you're at. Uh, you just got to figure out what it was, what it was and, 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 and how to do that. So for me, that was, that was uh, kind of a lesson I learned back then. And, and it reminded me of, of what happened when COVID hit. Now, all of a sudden I'm doing a lot more stuff that's virtual. Um, I, uh, I, I have uh, um, three or four, uh, situations where I'm advertising for people that came about because I was, uh, you know, available to it. And, 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 and so, um, I found other ways of making some money and, and getting the family through and, and now things are back and I'm traveling, speaking again, and I love it. So great. I'm, I'm wondering too, you know, when, when you're talking about the importance of now, I, I'm forgetting how I'm going to say this. <laughs> Um, when you were just talking about, you know, being able to do, it's almost like not the traditional role because you were injured, you, right. you cross these lines, right? Yeah. Yeah. And- well, you're in, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I think my point was that, um, there's always possibility in change. There's always, uh, things that, that, are, are available and, and that, that you can be, you can take advantage of when, when change happens. Uh, once again, progress is always change. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people resist change. I resist change. You, I know you resist. We all do. It's, it's, mm. it's tough. I've got a story about my first speaking engagement that, uh, you know, everything went haywire and, and um, it, it's, it's, it, any anybody who has taken any chances has somehow failed, uh, but failure is a step on the way to uh, on the way to success uh, and, and on the way to progress. So I don't I don't worry about failure. In the NFL, they grade you both on technique and on assignment on every play, uh, and that's every practice play, every game play. The coaches run the film back right in front of you. You can't deny it. It's true. It's there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the eye in the sky don't lie is what they say in the NFL, right? Because <laughs> everything is on film, uh, and and the coaches evaluate you, and they're they're screaming at you right in front of your peers, and you've got to be able to take that and say, okay, he's trying to make me better. 
what can I do to, to take another step forward? Uh, how do I set some reasonable short-term specific goals that are pointing back towards that desire, that passion, that mission to be my best? Um, he'll point them out to you. And then it's your job to set those goals and, and, and fix that thing for the next week. Uh, and then next week, something else will be wrong. <laughs> and you got to fix that. And it's just, it's a constant, I call it a sports mentality uh, where you're honest and forgiving with yourself. You look at yourself and you say, okay, this is going right. Uh, I'm going to repeat that. This is going wrong. I'm going to find out a way to fix that and, and set some goals and fix that. And if you're honest and you're forgiving with yourself, you can move, take steps closer and closer and closer to where you want to get. Because if you let failure bring you down, then, then you aren't going to grow. And I think a lot of people are, they're, they're afraid of, oh my gosh, if I fail. And it sounds like for you, Carl, every failure was like a learning opportunity. How can right. I It's another do step it forward, truthfully. Yeah. 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 Especially, I mean, what a great opportunity to have somebody who's a, a, a very knowledgeable football guy watching you and saying, okay, yeah, that's, that's great. You're doing that good. You're doing that good, but you're not doing that good. And it's like, well, he's not trying to hurt me by saying I'm not doing it right. He's trying to make me better. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to figure out how to do it right. And, and, and then uh, move on. So, so to me, yeah, that, that um, sports mentality is a huge piece of why I was successful, not only as a football player, but why I've been successful past my football career and, and, and having that um, ability to say, yeah, I'm wrong. Uh, Let's, let's fix that. You know, I'm wondering too for you, when you think about speaking, do you ever think about coaching, not coaching the NFL, but coaching individuals? Yeah, you know, I I have never done that um, other than my kids and and they didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Our kids never do, Carl. Our kids never appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, Because you have have thought about it. Yeah, I've thought about it. the, my, when, when, um, it's not COVID, my calendar is pretty full (laughs) and I'm running around doing a lot of different speaking and, and personal appearances and stuff. And, um, I think if I got into coaching, I would do it. I, I, I I would have to, uh, cut back on, on those things. And I don't Mm. know that I want to cut back on those things at this point. So, so no, I, I haven't done that. And, uh, at this point, it's not something I'm, I'm going to do, but you never know what's going to happen later, right? Progress you never do. Change, right? for, for sure. And, and I love the thought of when people are able to see you speak, though, in so many ways, you are helping to coach them. You're yeah. helping to coach them to do it differently, to do it better, to learn from mistakes. Yeah, keep- I got a call. I got a call today, Stephanie, from somebody who saw me 10 years ago when she was working for Loaf and Jug. <laughs> when I was doing a loaf and jug and now she wants me to speak at, at, at her business. And, and uh, when, when somebody remembers uh, the impact you had on their life 10 years later, uh, that's, that, that makes it worthwhile. Uh, you know, I, I, and I only have an hour with people. It's, it's a little different than somebody who's a coach or somebody who's uh, you know, uh, like, like a football coach who's there every single day. Uh, no, I'm only there for an hour and to, to make an impact like that is, is pretty exciting. Well, and just like you spoke about the gentleman that was speaking to us at NSA from NASA, you've yeah. carried that story with you. Yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. That impacted yeah. you. And how cool that you impact all these other people's lives in that way. 
and you did playing football and now you're doing it in a totally different way. I am. It's uh, it's not a game anymore. It's it's a reality. So that's uh, that's a little different. Um, I, I think there's more responsibility with that, but there's also uh, a much greater opportunity to to uh, really positively affect people rather than just entertain them. Right? There's I think there's a difference. Yes. Yes. And and how wonderful that it's like you've taken this wisdom that you gleaned from playing the sport so long and being there and really witnessing all these different dynamics of what really makes people succeed. And now to take that and share that with people. And you are inspiring people in in this really wonderful way. And so I'm curious, how do you uh, or how can people get a hold of you or how can people contact you to have you as a keynote speaker or to get some of this wonderful wisdom. Yeah, Stephanie, the best place to find me is, uh, is at carlmecklenburg.com. Um, you can misspell it numerous ways and still, still get there, which I'm sure you will. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm on all the social media stuff. Uh, same thing, Carl Mecklenburg. It's nice to have a, a name that nobody else has, right? I don't know, Stephanie James, there might be a few of them out there, right? There are. <laughs> not, not so many Carl Mecklenburgs. Yes. Uh, so I have I have the at Carl Mecklenburg on LinkedIn, on you know Instagram, on Facebook, on whatever, Twitter, on, on everything. So um, you can find me there too. Wonderful. Well, and I have to say, it was such a joy. I have to share with the audience. When I met Carl at this NSA conference, he was sitting behind my partner, Morgan, and I, and we turn around at a break and, and shake hands. And Morgan has no idea who you are. And and I'm just looking at you with these big eyes. <laughs> and and he's like, oh, you're, you're from Denver. And I'm like, Morgan, it's Carl Mecklenburg. <laughs> You know, when it was just this moment of just like really joy. And and the thing that was so awesome, Carl, is that you are so personable. I mean, you're the real deal. And that's what it's it's such a joy to be able to share this episode with people. And I imagine when you do these keynote speeches, you're just really able to reach to people's humanness to really be that really guiding light in people's life because you show up so authentically. Thank you for that. Um one of the things that I do differently than a lot of speakers is I try to spend more time off stage with people than I do actually on stage. I'll, I'll come early and I'll stay late and I'll sign autographs and I'll shake hands and I'll, um, you know, play in their golf event and, you know, go there offsite stuff and eat their meals and what, you know, be with them, be a part of them. And, and to me, there's a multiplying effect in my message when they get to meet me off the stage as well as on the stage. And, and I think a lot of speakers, um, underestimate the value of that uh you know they they want to be in the green room and run up on the stage and do their thing and run away and and yes you you are giving them words but i don't think you can really lead that way they have to they have to know that you're the same person on the stage as you are off the stage if they're gonna they're gonna buy in and they're gonna follow that yeah absolutely so thank you for that as we're wrapping up carl what do you feel like is your essential message that you want to leave with the audience. Wow. I guess success is overcoming obstacles on the way to your dreams. I mean, that's, that's been my message for a long time. Um, I I think so many people see somebody who's successful and and feel like, you know what, everything must've gone right in their life for them to get to that point. And nothing can be further from the truth. Uh, Every, every, um, 
every person that I know that has, has uh, gained success uh, from, from a financial standpoint, from a personal standpoint, from a relationship standpoint, it's been overcoming and overcoming and overcoming. It's not, it's not an easy thing for anyone. Uh, and to think it's going to be easy for you is, is just not true. It's, it, it, it can't be that way. Um, so, uh, so yeah, success is overcoming obstacles on the way to your dreams. Love it. And what an inspiration you are for that. Carl, thank you so much for being here with us on The Spark. Just really honored to have you. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Stephanie. See you at NSA next time. Sounds (laughs) perfect. I look forward to it.